Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 928, air date April 8th, 2021. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Uh, I'm looking forward to sharing with you a systems analysis about why big pharma needs you. So we're going to wait for people to join. Let's see what's going on here. People are coming in. Let's see if we're good. All right, let me start up here. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Um, it's about 9.30, 9.40. It's a little bit late, but I find sometimes a lot of uh, uh, people like to join in at this hour. It's a little bit late, but sometimes you're lying in bed or in the West Coast, it's, I think, uh, uh, 6.40 p.m. People are getting home and all over the world. Um, it's actually early morning for people. So it turns out this may be a good time. Good to have everyone. So we're going to have an interesting talk today. Uh, about some very interesting data analysis I've done, and to really step back and do an economic systems biology analysis about why big pharma needs you. And I think it's going to be valuable for people because sometimes we get lost in what I call random conspiracy theory. And a lot of this conspiracy theory, in my view, is set up by those in power so we don't follow the money. You know, yes, there could be aliens. I haven't seen one. There could be. Uh, there could be reptile people. There could be whatever, right? Um, or it may be that there's just greedy people who just want to make a lot of money. And if you take an economic systems approach about what's going on, we can actually start understanding this better, where we look at the biology, understand systems thinking, and that way we can hone in on a rational truth. Not to say there aren't there aren't other possibilities, but this rational approach gives you an opportunity to educate your friends, educate people when you follow the money. So I want to begin as people are joining in by just giving my journey and what we do at VA Shiva uh, from a system standpoint. As you know, uh, the big thing that I push uh, continually is that there is the science of systems. Those in power, the intelligentsia in academia, in think tanks, over the last 50 years since 1970, 
have worked extremely hard to use the science of systems, which probably about maybe a couple thousand people in the world really know. And they've used the science of systems to learn how to manipulate you. And in particular, to learn how to manipulate the working people in the world. So working people do not rise up bottoms up to build their own political movements. And that's what it's been about. There is the science of systems. My entire life, as I'll share with you in this video, is about learning that science. And in my view, it's about time that you learn that science if you truly want to liberate yourself and want truth, freedom, and health, because the world has become very complex. And without understanding the science of systems, no matter how much passion you have, you will never be able to defeat uh, uh, those in power who are extremely well organized. And that's why people get depressed and they say you can't. Uh, change the world because there is a technology and that is system science. So let me just play you a video and then we're going to uh, jump in to really do the systems analysis I've done about big pharma, which will really help you understand how there's a big wealth transfer about to uh, take place. Okay. So let me just play this video and I hope you guys enjoy it. But to all of you new, this will give you a, a detail. It's a new video put together about my journey uh, to systems. Welcome to VA Shiva. VA Shiva is a product of my journey across East and West, science and tradition, ancient and modern, that brings you the science of systems so you can become a force for truth, freedom, health. VA Shiva is a platform of revolutionary education, community building, and weaponry for unleashing local activism. My journey to VA Shiva begins in the chaos of Bombay, where I experienced diverse religions, languages, castes, and in a small village that had no running water, no electricity, where my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practiced Siddha, an ancient system of Indian medicine over 10,000 years old. She observed one's face, the art of Samudrika Lakshanam, to understand a body's unique constitution, allowing her to deliver the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Watching my grandmother heal others, I was inspired to study medicine, but I was also aware of the corrupt caste system of India, which denigrated a human being, where my family were considered low caste untouchables, where one's birth determined one's destiny. The grit and determination of my mother and father led them to get educated and to come to America, a one in a trillion event. Their actions inspired me to work hard and excel. While in ninth grade, I attended New York University in a computer science program, and subsequently at the age of 14, was given a full-time job as a research fellow at what is now known as Rutgers Medical School in the heart of Newark, New Jersey. There I investigated the system of sleep using mathematics, computer science, and biology for sudden infant death syndrome. It was there in Newark where I invented email when I was the first to convert every feature of the physical, paper-based inner office mail system, including inbox, outbox, memo, carbon copy, blind carbon copy, attachments, into its electronic equivalent a system which I named email, a term that I was the first to coin. On August 30th, 1982, I was awarded the first U.S. copyright for the invention of this system, recognizing me as the inventor of email. At that time, copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I went on to MIT where I earned four degrees across multiple systems of engineering, electrical, mechanical, design, biological. That training led me to invent many other systems for advancing humankind. Echomail, the world's first intelligent email management system. 
Cytosolve, a computational biology system for eliminating animal testing to discover new medicines faster, cheaper, and safer, and to the creation of a whole systems methodology for certifying clean food. These innovations led me back on a Fulbright to India, where I discovered the missing link between Eastern medicine and Western systems theory, honoring my grandmother to develop Your Body, Your System, a powerful tool that will help you understand how your body is a system and how the inputs of food, supplements, and exercise bring your body back to its natural system state. And Systems Health, an integrative educational discipline that is now integrated into the VA Shiva platform that will enable you to learn the science of systems, the science of everything, be it your body as a system or our society and politics as a system to reveal the foundational interrelationships between truth, freedom, health. Now is the time for you to be the light, learn the science of systems, build community and weaponize yourself to unleash the activism necessary to deliver truth, freedom, health in your local community. Welcome to VA Shiva. All right, everyone, welcome. Um, we're gonna have a discussion, a systems discussion, and you're gonna really understand um, how you can use a way to connect the dots to actually focus on what is actually gonna empower us. Look, let's take a very practical view. And um, and I teach this in our course, uh, VA Shiva, uh, the VA Shiva uh, Systems Truth, Freedom, Health Warrior course that I do every, a week, I do it live for three hours, and then we have a whole bunch of tools, which I'll come back to. But the bottom line is this. What I'm noticing is that you have one set of people in the world who want to change the world. Another set of people are fine with the way the world is, okay? And that's fine. But because every human being at a certain point comes to a decision, do you accept the way the world that it is, the way, whatever you were born into, are you fine with it, or do you want to change it? Um, and this is a very, very fundamental decision. Some people make this very consciously like I did or many of you on the live today listening. Others of it do it implicitly by, by just basically unconsciously accepting the way the world that it is. And you just sort of go around uh, either living in quiet desperation or uh, actively saying, well, I'm just going to stay in my home. I'm going to live off the grid. I'm going to live by myself. Right. And I'm, I don't care about what happens. Right. I can't do much. That's one approach. Now, but when you look at the arc of human history, and history is an amazing, it's a physics, you can study it, but what you'll find is in modern history, over the last couple hundred years, it was in the 1900s, globally, that working class people rose up militantly and bottoms up. I use the word militantly not to talk about some people just shooting stuff, I'm talking about with ferocity. Globally, you can look at the 1920s in Russia, the 1920s in India, the 1900s in the United States, women in the late 1800s and 1900s led the working class movement in the United States with ferociousness. And it was that working class movement of people rising up that led to nearly every gain we have today, whether it's nutrition or the infrastructure we got or the elimination of child labor or, um, you know, uh, the decline of infectious diseases. And we talk about this in our course. I want every, all of you to take it. I don't have time to go, go through all the details, but you will learn this history. 
And you can go to vashiva.com slash join to sign up to do that. But one of the most important things is that the militant bottoms up rise of the American working class of the global working class globally in the 1900s is why, for example, the United States as GDP grew between the 1940 to 1971, all income wages grew because there, that was a period of time when the elites were scared of the American working people or the global working people for that matter. And they gave these concessions because they were afraid of being overthrown. You can go study the history and you must study this. However, starting around the 70s, early started in the, in the 50s, but in the 70s, it consolidated. The elite said, we can never have these working people ever organize bottoms up again. So what do they do? They created their think tanks. They created, they funded academia. They wanted to ensure that working people would be misdirected, diverted, not pay attention, they created top-down unions, and I'll, my video will share that with you, the next video I'll play. But it was a way to make sure that we got involved in left and right, Republican and Democrat. The right wing attacked anytime working people wanted to organize independently. The right wings, the quote-unquote Republicans said, oh, you must be a communist if you say working people unite, right? They didn't want us organizing bottoms up. So what, what happened? The Democrats used that window to organize top-down unions. So if you look between 1940 to 1975, nearly 100 to 150 million working people participated in mass protests, you know, strikes. And that's what put the fear of God into the elites. But starting in 70s, the unions, the top-down unions, the corrupt unions, basically struck deals with major corporations so working people would not strike, would not, you know, do bottoms up movements of any kind. And so what you had between 1971 and 2018, you had a 200% decrease in wages while GDP still grew. So if you're making $50,000 today, you should actually be making about $120,000. So I hope you're following me. Let's be very commonsensical. Put all the conspiracy theories aside, aliens, reptiles, whatever, transhumanism may be occurring, but you don't need to even go there to understand the real issue here is they are afraid of you, you. They're afraid of you taking control of your own life. They're afraid of you becoming educated about how the world actually works. So what they did starting the seventies was they consolidated power and they unleashed a technology called system science. The elites used it. About a thousand people really know this. And using system science, they could understand how to manipulate people using technology and, and this fundamental nature of system science. Well, you know, I never forgot where I came from. I grew up as a low caste, untouchable in India's oppressive caste system, which is a combination of slavery and racism, the way people are treated. But I also grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey where I knew what my values were. But I got very fortunate because of my hard work and a little bit of skill. I went to MIT, got four degrees, learned the ways of those in power. I learned systems thinking. In fact, I advanced it. And using that system science, I can teach anyone how your body is a system, the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. But more importantly, the same science that uh, you know a very small number of elites know, I wanna teach you 
So they use that system science for power, profit, and control, but we can use it for truth, freedom, and health. That's what this movement's about. So if you're serious about actually wanting to change the world, that's a group in, forget the Trump, carrying around Trump, forget about you know Bernie Sanders, forget about the Republicans and Democrats. There is a science and that is system science. And I will teach that to you. And my goal is I wanna be a, a catalyst for over the next year, we wanna educate 50,000 truth, freedom and health warriors who are number one trained in this science then they can build community among other truth, freedom, and health warriors. And third, they can do actual activism on the ground through very powerful tools that we've created. All of those three capabilities, the education, the ability for you to interact and communicate independent of big tech, which is tools that I'll come back to, as well as for you to become active in a very, you know, commonsensical way to educate people. That is what VA Shiva is about. And so I suggest to all of you that we in 2021 must do what occurred in the 1900s and build the bottoms up global working people's movement. That's what needs to be done because right now the greatest amount of wealth transfer is taking place and the elites use marketing. They use system thinking. They use fear to manipulate you. And we don't have a lot of time to get involved in nonsensical discussions. What I will do is I will help focus you on the reality of what we can focus on. Follow the money. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, let's follow the money. All right. What we want to talk about today is let's follow the money of what's actually going on. So uh, I want to thank my friend, Phil Evans. Phil's a great guy. Phil and I did a lot of the analysis for the, you know, the whole uh, election integrity stuff you saw in Michigan and Arizona. So Phil and I have been looking at you know, all the jabs that have been taking place, you know, and um, relation to, um, you know, the actual cases. And I want to share that with you. But I'm going to share with you some important data and analysis from a systems approach on the plight of Big Pharma. Big Pharma is desperate right now. They need you. And I'm going to show you they need at least 60% of you. And what do I mean by that? So let's, let's go over here and talk about this, okay? So, um, the title again of today's talk is why big pharma needs you or at least 60% of you. Let me make sure people here are good and they can see everything. All right. So let's go look at this. How's our guys here? I have people on uh, Instagram here who I want to also see. Okay. So this is a slide that I'm going to walk you through. So let's look at this. So why big pharma needs you or at least 60% of you? What, I, what do I mean by this? Um, by the way, all of you should go to vashiva.com, what I just shared with you, the way we uh, do all the research here, the time that I have. I mean, I run many things. I burn the candles at both ends, but I need all of you to become truth, freedom, and health warriors. Go to vashiva.com slash join. I'll come back to that and support this movement. You can contribute. You can, uh, and when you contribute, I give you educational tools. You can go check it out. But it, the website is vashiva.com. I always forget to mention it when people say, you know, mention your website. So um, what I want to begin with is talking about Cytosol, which is one of the technologies I talked about that I created out of my PhD work to really create a new technology to enable us to discover new medicines faster, cheaper, and safer. So why is this important to this discussion? Well, let's go over here and look at this. Look, this is a pharmaceutical development model. I want you to just look at this slide very, very carefully. And I want all 
of you to be able to explain this to your family and friends. This is a pharmaceutical, uh, this is why, if you understand this diagram, why pharmaceutical companies are in a major, major problem. You see, a pharmaceutical drug, first of all, is not a compound that occurs in nature, okay? Uh, you know, like I've talked about it, I did a talk yesterday on onions, right? Well, onions have minerals and vitamins. They have organosulfur compounds, right? They have quercetin. These are many, many different naturally occurring compounds that occur in an onion. Well, what is a pharmaceutical drug? Okay, a pharmaceutical drug is something that does not occur in nature. It's a compound. It's manufactured, okay? And pharmaceutical companies today have about, in their database, probably about 30,000 to 60,000 of these compounds. And what pharmaceutical companies do is they test these compounds uh, where they create diseases in a test tube or in an animal, and then they test these compounds. And if you can look at what it takes for them to do this, you'll see it takes this process, okay? First, they, you know, some professor at some university isolates a compound and he could win a Nobel prize for that. Then they, you know, uh, do in vitro testing. They get a test tube and in that test tube, they'll put cancer cells or some um, Alzheimer's plaque or whatever. And they'll drop that compound and they'll swish it around and they'll say, wow, does that really do anything? Does it actually stop the cancer? And if it does, then they'll say, okay, now let's go inject this thing into an animal, a rat, a pig, monkey, whatever it is, you know, and they may kill a lot of animals. So this process from this to this point, from the time they discover a new compound, by the way, something very important to understand the economics is from the time they create a new compound, let's say they discover a compound today, they immediately go patent it. Now patent life is 20 years. So if I patent something on January 1st, 2021, I got until, you know, December 31st, um, you know, uh, 2040, right? Is that right? Yeah, 2040 to license my patent. So the clock is ticking, right? So they got 20 years patent life. So when you look at this, this is what's going on here. So they patent here. This takes around six years. So this entire process of testing in a test tube and killing a bunch of animals takes six years. Now, if they feel that it actually is showing some promise, in what we call in vivo, okay, and in vitro, then right before you're, they'll go to the FDA and they'll ask the FDA, hey, FDA, please give me the allowance, give me the approval so I can go test on human beings. And there's three levels of tests they do. Phase one, maybe with, you know, 10, 100 human beings. It's called a phase one, small sets of humans. If they're successful in that, then they go to phase two, maybe a thousand. And then they go to, you know, 10 or 100,000 in phase three. Now, you got to understand this. Here's a pharmaceutical economic model, okay? When they get the FDA approval to test in humans, their stock price goes up. If they make it past phase one, their stock price goes again. Phase two, it goes up and phase three. So it is a stock manipulation game. If you go to most big pharma companies, people are coming and going. But you know what they're watching every day? The stock market. Is the stock price going up? And so this is, why, this is why I want to explain this from a systems view. So if you look at this diagram here, once they make it here, stock price goes up. If they make it after phase one, stock price goes up. Phase two, up, et cetera. Now, here's a problem pharmaceutical companies are having. 
This entire process can take 13 years, up to $5 billion they got to put into this. So imagine this takes 13 years and it and they spend $5 billion, okay? Again, hope everyone's tracking here. If it's taking that long to do that and they only have seven years left to recoup their investment because seven years, remember, is patent life, 20 years. So it took them 13 years to get it through the FDA. They only have seven years. So imagine if that drug that they spent $5 billion developing is only good for, let's say, 5,000 people, right? Well, what's 5,000 divided into, you know, um, $5 billion? Well, what is it? It's about a million dollars a drug they're going to have to charge, okay? million dollars a dose. Let's say it's, you know, 5 million people, okay? You can work it out, right? It's not a million. Maybe it's got to be a thousand bucks, okay? And, and so on. So what's happening is pharmaceutical companies have a short period to recoup their investment. So therefore, when you look at this diagram here, what's important to understand is that this entire process is very expensive for big pharma right now. And by the way, only 20% entering phase one even make it, all right? So if they spent $100 million on these first three steps and only 20% make it, they just lost a ton of money, all right? So that is the problem of big pharma, all right? Their entire business of making these synthetic drugs, testing it in a test tube, killing animals is actually failing, all right? And they know about this. So why is this important when we go back here is you will understand that um, the reason this is like this is because the entire pharmaceutical and academic development process, if the elephant, let's say, represents cancer, these biologists in academia are like the blind men touching different parts of the elephant. And they don't, this is called reductionism. They don't take a systems approach. And this is why I don't want you to take a, this is why I don't want, I want to train you away from not taking a systems approach. Because when you take, take a reductionist approach, what's going to happen is you're not going to understand the truth. And that's what's happening with big pharma. So they never solve cancer if cancer is the elephant. They get something like this, which looks nothing like the disease. So this is why whatever they produce is has a lot of side effects. And look at the results here. So every year, and this I'm now I have some new data for you from 1996 to 2003. The 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 saffron line here represents that they spend more and more and more money on R and D. They're spending billions, you know, in this case, 35 billion dollars upward on R and D. Well, you would think if you spend more and more on R and D, the purple line is how many new molecular entities, which means new molecules are being allowed by the FDA. Well, even the FDA is not allowing their molecules to go to market or finish up because of the side effects, all right? So number one, they put plow more and more and more money into R&D with this old medieval process where they're just trying to push through something to get their stock price to tick up and less and less new molecules, even the FDA. Even the FDA is not allowing them because of the side effects, all right? This is the reality of what's going on. So look at that graph. Now I'm gonna share with you some more data, all right? What do you see here? This is something that just, so this was 2003. So I just found some updated data going to 2012. Same thing, they're spending more and more and more money, less and less new drugs are being developed. Here's another chart. This is from uh, Evaluate Pharma who did a very nice study. So here they're showing, you know, the 10-year industry spend on R&D, right? So they're spending more and more on R&D. 
And you know, less and less new product launches are taking place, which means, again, I wanna pound this away, that big pharma's research and development process of using a single synthetic drug to heal your body is not working. They're plowing more and more money into R&D, okay? They're not developing new drugs, okay? Their freaking business is a failure, all right? So anytime someone tells you, oh, big pharma's doing well, well, they're not actually. They're not, and this is why they're desperate. And this is why they need you, okay? And this is why they're desperately running around to make sure you get jabbed and poked and jabbed and poked and jabbed and poked. And you're gonna see why. Follow the money, okay? Follow the money because this will help you explain to your neighbors because what you're about to see shortly is why what they're doing is about taking money out of your pocket and putting it into their pocket. They're about making sure that governments fund them to fund their ridiculous way that they do R&D. And that same funding could have gone to new schools, could have gone to infrastructure, could have gone to real public health. But pharma companies are behind this, okay? So let's go deeper. But you may have known that, but I'm gonna really teach you how so you don't just make random statements that you can't defend. You're gonna get the knowledge here. So look at this graph here. Next, the, um, you know, Amy Brown, who wrote this report, says, she says, what's the productivity problem? Biopharma still has its head in the sand. And what she's saying is that most of the mainstream media will not cover this. They're not gonna cover the fact that the, the, the end is near for most pharma companies and this is why they're so desperate. And look at what she writes here. Uh, I don't know her by the way, but I, but you know, I've been sharing this, but it was, it was nice to find someone else who's also coming to the same conclusion. She goes, our analysis suggests that strategies employed over the past few years to try to improve productivity, for example, by reorganizing R&D efforts or co collaborating with academia and peers are not having an effect. And she goes, the charts below, one of them, which I just shared with you, this one, which shows a global biopharma industry's cumulative spend on R&D, M&A and licensing deals this century, suggests that many have turned to M&A, which means they're trying to buy companies and attempt to improve productivity. The first analysis, which is this one, suggests that this is not an answer, although presumably, presumably shareholders have been satisfied. Then she says, this doomsday scenario is probably not shared by everyone. However, when considering that much of the industry sales growth over the past two years have, has been down to US prices, the need for productivity improvements is only underlined more clearly. Simply put, pharmaceutical companies are plowing money into R&D and they're not getting, they're not discovering anything. They're not an innovation engine. They're just trying to figure out how to increase the stock price by manipulating public opinion. Well, let me show you how they're doing that. So this is some more data, facts, okay? By the way, this great piece of research done by Deloitte and Touche, one of the big think tank companies, you know? Once in a while, they'll let us a little glimpse. By the way, these think tank companies know the science of systems, and that's how they're using to manipulate people. That's why you gotta learn the science of systems. Anyway, here we go. What is Deloitte and Touche saying? Look at what they're saying here. Deloitte is saying, pharma's ROI and R&D is now at 1.8%. What does this mean? Look, pharmaceutical companies, when they used to put a dollar in 2010 into R&D, which means they put $1 into R&D, they, they used to get 10 cents back, right? 10% return, okay, 10.1. Now, look at it's been dropping and dropping and dropping. 
Today, around today, if they put $1, they're only getting, guess what? They're not getting 10, they're not getting, you know, um, 10 cents back. They're getting maybe 1.8 cents back, 1.8%, okay? They put a dollar, they're getting 1.8 cents back. So just let that sink in. Pharmaceutical companies, innovation model of R&D, of killing animals, testing on humans, you know, with these synthetic drugs is not working. They put $1 into R&D just 10 years ago. They used to get 10 cents back, 10%. Now they're only getting 1.8% return, all right? Their industry is failing, all right? Now it gets even more interesting. Um, all right, so now we go, okay? Let's go to this. Now, look at this. This is Pfizer's Lipitor revenue. Everyone know what Lipitor is? So I'm just giving you an example. Pfizer is one of the companies which is making one of the vaccines, uh, uh, right? The mRNA, but Pfizer, many of these companies, you gotta understand, they have a patent portfolio, which means they have patents. Remember, patents are only 20 years, and suddenly when the patent becomes generic, their revenue crashes. And so this is an example. Lipitor is the drug that they create for people you know, with heart issues, right? Heart ailments, right? Arterial sclerosis, et cetera. And what you're seeing right here is the Lipitor revenue. And you can see here in a quite profound way what's going on. Look what happened to Pfizer. They're making money, making money. But guess what? Their uh, patents just went off and boom, they went from $9 billion on Lipitor revenue down to three. They're now only down about $1.9 billion. So just look at this. So again, from 2003 to 2019, their revenue has crashed. Okay, crashed and burned. So a company like Pfizer is crashing and burning. They're literally losing money. They're losing because they're, remember, it takes them 15 years to create Lipitor. They only got five or seven years and they only have a certain period of time to recoup all their investment. This is why they charge so much money. This is why healthcare costs are so high because they're trying to get all their money back, all right, on that drug. All right, so. That's, that's just, and by the way, I could give you chart after chart on this, okay? This is just Pfizer's Lipitor revenue. Now, so what are they doing? What are they doing? So if R&D ain't working, right? Remember the old, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the West, you watch those cowboy movies and they had the stagecoach guy and he'd jump out and he, and he had some bottle of something that really didn't work, but he used to do what was called selling, marketing, selling, right? He had nothing that worked no real R&D, his R&D wasn't working, so what do they do? So what you see here is, this is again data, wonderful data. Um, this comes from Randall S. Olson, uh, one of the research firms, and what are they showing here? The yellow line is how much is spent on marketing and for a drug, the, the drug company spent, and the blue line is how much they spend on R&D. So just look at this graph for a second. Just take a moment and look at this graph, all right? What do you see? I'm gonna see what people say here, running a little class here in some ways. What do you guys see? What do you see here? First of all, you see what? Take something like Johnson & Johnson. How much are they spending on marketing relative to R&D? Let me look at the answers here. What do I see here? I know we got just making sure people are awake. How much is a company like Johnson & Johnson spending on marketing versus R&D, right, more spent on R&D. There you go, Daniel, but how much more, okay? How much more? 
Look at how much more exactly Prescott, uh, uh, Scott, Pre Zach Prescott. They're spending twice as more. Okay. They got to Basically, they got to shove this stuff down your throat. Okay. They got to convince you this stuff is good. That's why if you're watching Fox News, Tucker Carlson, if you're watching the other dope Cuomo during the prime time, they're selling pharma for you. Tucker ain't going to say anything. By the way, he's not a change agent. He's one of the boys, just like Chris Cuomo. Both of these news organizations take a bunch of that marketing revenue. So this is what you're seeing here. All right. Look at the money that they're spending on marketing. OK, uh, you know, here you're looking at J&J uh, &J spent about eight billion R&D, but they spent nearly 18 billion on marketing. Look at Pfizer over here. They spent around six, let's say seven billion on R&D, but they spent close to, you know, uh, 10, 11, 12 billion. OK, nearly double. That's what they're doing all across the board. OK, that's what's going on. I mean, Lily is a little bit different. But you notice most of them are spending a lot more on marketing than they are on a lot more on R&D because they're, you know, the product ain't selling itself. So they got to do the marketing. The product ain't selling. It doesn't work. OK, it's got side effects. By the way, most of the pharmaceutical drugs, let's say someone creates a drug for pancreatic cancer. Out of all the pancreatic cancer patients, it only works for 10 percent of them. OK, 10 percent efficacy. Right. The other 90 percent get all sorts of side effects. Right. So I'm sharing with you again the data in a very practical way. Here's another interesting graph. What do you see here? This is the revenue spent on R&D and the revenue on marketing. And we're looking at different industries, pharmaceutical, technology industry and automotive. Well, what you find is typically the technology and automotive industries are on this quadrant. OK, but look, pharma is on this quadrant. They're spending more on marketing and then they are on R&D. So it's not true in the other industries. So again, pharmaceutical companies are in this upper left quadrant, which means they have to shove this stuff down people's throat, okay? Because um, the stuff is not working and they need to figure out how to convince you. Now, that's that, okay? What I wanna do now is I wanted to connect all of this to something, what's going on right now. Everyone says, Dr. Shi, what do we do with these jabs? You know. These passports are coming out. What should we do? So Phil Evans worked day and night and um, Phil analyzed some very interesting data. He did it for a bunch of countries, 80 countries. And Phil worked very, very hard. And what Phil did was he said, OK, let me draw a graph for different countries on the on the um, X axis. He has time. OK from March of 2020 to today, right? About a year ago to today. And on the y-axis, he's drawing two graphs. How many cases were reported, okay? And, and you'll see that as a blue line. And how many jabs have people gotten, okay? As a percentage of their population uh, out of a thousand, all right? Now, you would think as the jabs came, which has been recent, right? As people got more shots, there should be less of these cases, right? So we literally took the data. Literally, you can, you, anyone can do this data analysis. You can go get the data and we literally plotted it. Okay. So here we go. So 
let's look at this data and 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 uh, encourage all of you to go do the same data analysis. So here we go. Here's Austria. So right here is, by the way, this means no jabs even happen. So in this case, the the jab started around January 4th. By the way, look at Austria. Their cases were going up and they were actually dropping. But look at this, right when the jab comes, a little bit later, their cases go up. More jabs, more cases. Same here, Argentina was going up and down, up and down, but right here when they gave it, more jabs. By the way, the y-axis is jabs per 1,000, okay? And you notice it starts going up again. Bahrain, up, down, right when they start giving it here, starts going up, all right? Look at the y-axis, okay? And let's go over here. This is Bangladesh, right? They, I mean, look at, they, they didn't even have any jabs. This is just normal, you know, normal immunity. They're going up, they got it, and it was coming down. Right here, what do you see? The jabs increase and the cases go up. Belgium, they were coming down and same here. Right here, jabs come, increase. Brazil, same here and so on. Bulgaria, and you see this everywhere, okay? Cambodia, here in Central Africa, there have been no jabs. So they went up and came down. This is, this is what you would expect. This is like normal herd immunity, okay? Um, Canada, same thing was coming down, boom, jabs, more cases. Chile, okay, it's coming down around here, jabs, goes up. And China is very interesting. I don't know if China's data is right. This, is, this says they had no cases, okay? Everything went away and their jabs are increasing. Colombia, same thing, coming down, jabs increase. Croatia, Costa Rica, and you can see this on and on and on and on. Now, India is quite interesting. Boom, look, they had total normal cycle. Everything, this was heading towards zero. Jabs start here, boom, goes up. Now, Israel is quite interesting. We're gonna come back to this. Look at Israel. This goes up, jabs start, they start coming down. So what's going on? Israel is the first country where I see an inverse, but everything else is about the same, okay? Same here, see? Kuwait, up, down, boom, goes up, okay? Very, very similar everywhere, all right? So on. Look at Norway, up, down, boom, all right? Same thing. So what is going on? What is going on in the world, okay? <laughs> more jabs, more cases, all right? Less filling, not so great, okay? However, you see UK, almost like Israel here. U.S. is sort of like that, okay? Uh, so what's going on? Well, when you look at this, so so Phil looked at this globally. Europe, boom, coming down as, you know, we're looking all of Europe, all of Asia was coming down, up. Africa coming down, up. Australia it was flat and it really looks like not much effect here. Now we did the entire world here, right? The world was going up and it was coming down. Jabs start here, it starts going up. So what's going on? What is going on? That's the question. What is going on? What do you guys think? What is going on? That's a question to all of you, all right? What is going on? More jabs, more cases, right? So what's going on? So I'm gonna answer that question, but I before I do that, I wanna uh, uh, 
remind everyone the way that we get to these answers, like we're doing now, is to be rational. We want to take a systems approach. We don't want to get caught in some conspiracy world. We don't want to get caught in the left or the right, Republican or Democrat, because they will always mislead us. They will always have us distracted over here. They do not want working people like you and I to follow the money. They want us to be talking about aliens. Oh my, the aliens on Mars are, you know, spread some disease on Earth, you know? It could be. I, I don't have the data for that. Okay, they're injecting bots into us and these bots are going to take over us and, you know, they want to depopulate. Could be. But I don't have data for that. You may. It's an assertion. But I do have data that we don't even have to go there to see how they're screwing you and me. They're screwing us. And we're going to come back to that. But I want you to take a little break and I want all of you to take a moment to reflect because when I come back and I want you to watch this video because our movement is about building the movement for truth, freedom and health, where all of you get trained to think, think, think beyond left and right to appreciate why we need to take a systems approach. There is a physics to changing the world. So let me take a little moment. But by the way, all of you should go to vashiva.com. And I want all of you to support this movement for truth, freedom, and health. Go to vashiva.com. And when you go to vashiva.com slash join, you'll see the video. You can contribute. You can become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. Jesus Christ, it's only like a hundred bucks. It's, you know, I used to do these courses all over the world for three, four thousand dollars. Okay. Or you can just um, if you can those people contribute 25, get the book. And, and the tool, your body, your system. I'll talk about that. Or you can just become a member. You don't have to uh, contribute anything. But I want you guys to support this movement. But this is what this movement is about. But we're going to come back. We're going to come back and have a deep discussion about what is actually going on. But I want you to listen to this. Here you go. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have they don't this reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people there's only one movement that can do that and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. There is a physics. There's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution, and that's why I put this together. My goal is to train an army of truth, freedom, and health leaders we don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. we got to train people. First, with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. 
Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers. Completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local. Fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlson's. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own, quote unquote, people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics, and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms-up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on B as in Victor A. Shiva, bashiva.com, so people can sign in. They can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, and health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, VAShiva.com. All right, everyone, thank you. So let's uh, talk about. Uh, by the way, the video that you just saw uh, is a very powerful video because in a very, it takes us about five minutes, it takes you really through an important journey for all of you to understand that it is when working people unite without distractions, that is when change will occur like that, like that, like that. And those in power since the 1900s do not want you and I uniting bottoms up. And what they do is they put distractions in our way. They put distractions of 
people like this fool. Let me get, bring an example of a fool. This guy, Mark Lamborn, a fool, a total fool. This guy thinks he's trying to put me on the same level of Al Gore. Al Gore hasn't invented anything. I invented email. And this idiot, Mark Lamborn, clearly doesn't understand anything about systems. He's a troll. And this is the kind of people that the establishment puts out there, very dumb idiots. I invented email, the system. And as a 14-year-old kid, this guy's probably a racist, elitist, has or just stupid, because he doesn't understand what email is. Email is a system. I was a 14-year-old kid. I worked my butt off. I wasn't born a rich boy like Al Gore. And I worked until 2 in the morning. I wrote 50,000 lines of code to convert the entire inner office mail system, inbox, outbox folders into the electronic version. I named it email. First guy ever to do that code, first guy to come up with the term, and I was the first one to get the US copyright at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. So this fool Mark, should I block him or should I let all of you guys destroy him as the fool he is? What should I do? Because what we're dealing with right now is idiots like him who distract us because they do not either understand what a system is. Email was a system. It's not the simple exchange of text messages. I created the system. And when you understand that with profoundness, you'll understand that email, just as it's a system of, I had to connect the inbox, the outbox, the folders, that is email, it's a system. And when we start understanding a system's approach to start connecting things, truth emerges. And the truth that'll emerge in this case is that, A, we need to connect truth, freedom, and health. Without freedom, we're not gonna get to truth. Without truth, we're not gonna get to health. And without health, we're not gonna be have the strength to fight for freedom. So what the establishment does, just like this foolish individual who doesn't understand what email really is, and he thinks Al Gore, you know, is on the same level as me, Al Gore is a complete idiot. Okay, the guy's never invented anything. His mom and papa sent him to Vietnam. He had a desk job. So then he could come back and run for president, right? The elites map it all out. No one ever helped me. I came from people that helped me were working class people. But I have put together the understanding of systems so we can win this battle. But here's the bottom line. You say, what they've done is the people who fight for freedom, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, they said, oh, those guys are rednecks. And the people who fight for yoga, oh, those people are earthy, crunchy granola people, right? They just care about health, right? And then the people who are into truth and innovation, they must be the nerds. They've kept all of us separated. They don't want working people to unite. This fool, Mark Lamborn, can't even comprehend. He thinks all great innovations must come from the military. They're, this racist whatever he is, can't comprehend that a 14 year old kid before he came to MIT had the intelligence, had the infrastructure to create email. All great innovations come from outside of the military industrial complex. TV was invented by a 14 year old boy, not by RCA. It was a Michigan mechanic, a working class person who created the automatic windshield wiper and two professors at MIT stole his stuff. Okay. The problem they have with me is I did it before I came to MIT and I went to MIT and I got, I won many other awards. So this fool doesn't know what to do with me because, oh my God, he got four degrees from MIT and he invented other things. So what should we do with this guy before I move on? Should I just move on or block him? Okay. 
All right. Uh, let's. Uh, I think we're just going to block this idiot. Just block him. Okay. He doesn't deserve us. But uh, we used him as an example to educate people. So we blocked him. We got rid of him. But the most important point to understand here is that when you look at our movement, one of the most important things that we've done, let me go back to our uh, slideshow here. One of the most important things that we've done here is that I wanted to put together a program. Let me just go back to this. We'll come back to our slide. I wanted to put together a program for all of you to really uh, start appreciating uh, this concept that I've shared of. And I just want to just finish up with this and I'll come back. Because my intention is to have around 50,000 of you trained bottoms up to build this movement for truth, freedom, and health. Let me just bring this up. Okay, here we go. All right. So my intention is that's what I want to do. So what does that program look like and why should all of you be involved? Because as I mentioned, the elites have separated, you know, the people who fight for truth, the people who fight for freedom, and we want to bring it together. It's a synergy. And uh, the key point is when you guys sign up, all of this infrastructure, which is funded by you, for you, is running in our own data center, right? We don't rely on Google. We don't rely on Facebook. We don't rely on Amazon. And first of all, we offer you education. And our slogan is get educated, be enslaved. You're going to understand when you take this course, what is a system? And you can spend, try to get into MIT, try to spend tens of thousands of dollars to take control systems courses. But in an hour and for supporting you and supporting this movement, you will understand this diagram. You will understand the science of systems. Then you get the book, System and Revolution. Then you get to understand how these systems principles are apparent in your own body. And that's for people, you get the book in that for anyone who contributes 25 bucks, it's nothing. And then if you wanna understand how to apply these principles to help others, if you wanna understand the science of how these principles occur in different foods, if you wanna understand how you can get certified in the foundations of systems, please do that. And you get a whole bunch of books. So that's the educational piece. You get tons and tons of knowledge so you can become a system scientist. And I, I want to repeat this. The elites know the science of systems, but they never expected someone like me to put all this together and, and to offer it to the masses. And that's what I'm doing. The science of systems is what a small set of elites in academia, the think tanks, right? These organizations, they use this to make sure that they manipulate us so we don't focus on the task at hand, which is to build a bottoms up movement. So that's the first thing you're going to learn. You're going to learn the science of systems because you can't get it anywhere else. The second, and by the way, that's for people who contribute a hundred or more. You don't have to contribute anything, but when you contribute to this movement for you, I'm going to contribute to your education. But then I want you to build community. Once you learn this, I want you to start connecting with other people. Anyone who signs up as a member, you don't have to pay a cent. You can start using the forum. The forum is independent of Google. It's independent of Facebook, where you can start actually getting online. It's in our data center. You can start having conversations. Thousands and thousands of people are starting having conversations or debating without the fear of being thrown off. Okay. For those people who become truth, freedom, and health warriors, we've created the equivalent of Facebook, you know, on our platform, underground, where you can build your own pages. You can start interconnecting with people. 
without, again, the fear of being thrown off. And then I want you to get activated. It's not sufficient that you get educated. You're a scholar of system science. It's not sufficient that you make some friends, but you better get off your butt and go on the ground and start educating other people. This is about learning, teaching, and serving. So if you want, we educate you on the real issue with masks, the real science. Learn that, understand it, but then give this card out. You can print them out, print them out, educate your neighbors about the real issue with masks. The card is a little synopsis. It's a cliff notes, and it goes to a site called bashiva.com slash mask, where you can educate people about health. You can educate people about the real issue with how the masks hurt the oral microbiome, the, the real public health implications. And when it comes to, for example, the jabs, right? We need to go beyond jabbing or anti-jabbing, right? It's about really building community and boosting immunity. The real issue is one size does not fit all. We need to boost people's immunity. Again, we built the weaponry for you to educate people on that, right? So that's what this is about. This is a movement where it begins with, we wanna educate working people to build the movement for truth, freedom, and health. And none of this is gonna occur unless you, unless you decide to get educated. Without that education, you're gonna be a blind person, um, basically in desperation, looking for some random ideas to uh, of why things are taking place, okay? So let's go back to this now, all right? So that was my spiel, you know, to get you off your butts to recognize you've got to learn the science of systems. So go to vashiva.com slash join and become a truth, freedom, and health warrior. You're helping you. You're not helping me. You're not helping someone else. You're helping you get the knowledge so we could build back a bottoms-up movement. Because now we can't do it like the 1900s. The elites have gotten smarter because we were fat, dumb, and happy. If we want to rebuild a movement, we have to go back to this science of systems. Right. So now if we apply that science of systems, um, now we apply that science of systems, all right? Let's go back to what we were just discussing here, okay? Let's go back and discuss the case here. So before we took the break here, what did we talk about? We talked about this very interesting phenomenon that I shared with you in one of the graphs, okay? Let me go back here, right? We notice everywhere over the world, except in a couple of places, that as the cases came down, right? When the jab came, the cases went up. But you look at Israel. What is going on with Israel? Look at this graph carefully. So Israel had these cases going up and down, but right here around January 4th, the jab started coming, right? So it's going up, up, but right at this point, right here, when they hit, by the way, this is the number of shots per 1,000 people. So right here about when it got to close to, let's say 800, over a thousand, which means you would think that was 80%. But remember, you got to get two jabs, two jabs, right? So that would be 800 divided by two. So around when they got 40% of the population jabbing, but right now, Israel's up to around 1200, divide that by two, 60%, right? So they went from 40% to 60%. And at 60%, you notice it's heading towards zero, right? So the argument here is when, again, just to be clear, the y-axis is the number of jabs over 1,000. So 1,200 over 1,000 would be 1.2 jabs, right? Or 1,200 jabs per 1,000. But the reality is you have to divide that by two because it's two jabs. So it's 600 over 1,000, which is 60%. So 
So according to this graph, in Israel, when they got to 60% jabbing, then the cases came to zero. Okay, let me just make sure everyone's following that. Okay, everyone on track with that? So, so this is this is Israel. Okay, so in Israel, what they're saying is that they had to jab enough people and it came down. All right. Now, let me contrast that with something interesting. Okay, let's go to the case of India over here. Okay. We go back to India here. Now, again, I want to thank uh, my friend Phil Evans. Phil is um, just an amazing human being. Phil loves uh, people, and uh, Phil's dad was a chiropractor. Phil's an engineer, and uh, Phil and I have become really good friends. But look at what's going on in India, okay? Here where the case is automatically dropping on their own without any jabs. But right around here, around, let's say, 117 when the jabs came, look what's happening. India's cases are going up, but look at the y-axis. What does the y-axis say? 50 out of 1,000, which is around 5%, okay? So what, what's going on? So if you take the conspiratorial approach, you could say, wow, the jabs are creating, the jabs are creating more cases. But my position on this, the blue line here on any of these blue line, the blue line on any of these graphs, and listen very carefully, cannot be trusted. The blue line is based on the PCR test, okay? And you can't trust it. In fact, in India, the government is giving people 17,000 rupees if you have a case, okay? There's an incentive. So in the United States, I think we were giving $13,000 for a case, right? So the bottom line is the blue line cannot be trusted. You could trust the orange line because that's the actual data of who's getting the shots, right? But the blue line can't be trusted. So here's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. The blue line is being used, okay? To manipulate countries to tell them you haven't given enough jabs yet. And look at what's gonna happen. Here's my prediction. Israel is gonna be used as a poster child. The great Israelis, look at how great they are. They jab the hell out of everyone. And they have brought this down and they and you have to get up to 60%. What does that mean? 60%, think about that. Isn't that a sales figure? We have to get to 60% of your population and then it'll come down. So if you read the news reports in Washington Post, they're, they're saying India is not giving enough jabs. That's what they're saying. They're not interpreting it as, oh, you know, uh, the, the jab is causing the problem. They're saying, the Indians need to give more jabs. I hope you're following me, okay? Everyone on Instagram following this? Good, all right? Because you gotta get educated here or you're gonna be enslaved. Do not get distracted by bullshit. This is about money. And as I saw this in Israel, I said, wow, I wonder if Israel has a relationship with Pfizer. Because my, as Phil and I were talking this through, Phil was listening to some videos of people saying, you know, the, the bots are being put in. And then I said, Phil, that could be true, but I think it's something simpler. Let's follow the money. And when you go to Israel's numbers right here, let me go back to Israel now, right? Israel is one of those few countries where as the jabs went up, as the jabs went up and up and they hit 60%, right? Right here, as they hit 60%, right at 60%, they're at zero, you see? So 
the Israeli, oops, let me go back to this. So the Israeli data, if you, again, I do not believe the blue line. I think the blue line is being manipulated. This is a real line. So they're saying you got to get up to 60% and it's going to drop. Well, question is, I, I thought to myself, wow, I wonder if Israel's in a relationship with Pfizer. And watch this, okay? Everyone tracking? Okay? Yeah, that's right. Our boy uh, Trump was pushing Pfizer and his son-in-law is buddy buddies with Israel, okay? Netanyahu. By the way, Netanyahu, Netanyahu was the first one to endorse Biden. And Trump gave Netanyahu the keys to the White House. So you can just think about this. So any of, any of you who still want to follow Trump, you know what? You, you can keep doing that. And this is the problem. This is when you don't get educated. You're going to get enslaved, be it Trump or Biden, whoever the hell it is. They're both part of the same, you know, globalist uh, enterprise. All right. So let's go back to the facts. Let's keep looking at the facts. The facts never lie. The math never lies. This is what's going on. Well, look at this. Israel's vaccine data has lessons for all. Leveling the playing field for jabs, mean, meaning sharing information, not just money. So this was in January 25th, 2021. So what is this article about? Israel struck a nice deal with Pfizer. We don't know all the terms of the deal, but they agreed to share Israeli data when the jabs came out with Pfizer. You know what that sounds like to me? Let's say you're selling a product. You got a product, you're selling some product and you want testimonials, okay? You want people to say, oh yeah, that product works great. And you sign a deal saying, okay, look, I'm gonna give you the product. I'm gonna let you have this product, but you gotta give me your data. How is it working? Well, so Israel struck this deal. Israel struck, struck this deal with Pfizer back on January 25th. And read the article, it says in Bloomberg. And this is what it says, it goes, money for doses isn't the only key though. In the 21st century vaccine economy, data is also power. Tiny Israel is set to immunize its population months before far bigger and richer countries, partly by ordering early and reportedly at a higher price, but also by sharing. So they're supposedly paying a higher price. You wonder who's getting some of those profits within the Israeli government from the corruption, but also by sharing patient information after vaccination, deliveries of Pfizer Inc. and BioNTech's SE's COVID uh, uh, vax were expedited earlier this month after a deal to share extensive data on the inoculation program, according to Bloomberg News. There are advantages for both sides. Israel gets the doses it needs to quote unquote protect its people faster than anywhere else, while its tech savvy healthcare system and incredibly efficient rollout make it a, a, a valuable proving ground for Pfizer, which valuable proving ground for Pfizer. I want everyone to read this again, which was rolled out in record time. So listen to what we're talking about here. Pfizer and Israel had a deal. Israel would use them as their poster child, roll it out. And what are they rolling out? What do we see in the data? They're rolling this out, okay? They're rolling out this ability. And this is a great, we're gonna see this everywhere. Wow. Look at Pfizer will say, look, you gotta hit, you gotta, you gotta make sure 60% of your population is jabbed, India. Not 5%, 60%. And then you'll bring it down to zero. If you don't do, if you don't, if you do a jabbing's below, you know, uh 40%, it's not gonna happen. 
You got to get up to 60% and then it'll go to zero. Everyone following me? Please, I want all of you to follow me. This is what I call a system syncing. This is why all of you better go tonight and sign up as a truth, freedom and health warrior, because you're not only supporting you, but you're supporting this movement. So I can do more research like this for you and get everyone's head out of being fat, dumb and happy. We have to build a movement and it has to be based on a systems approach, following the money, follow the money all the way to Israel between them and Pfizer. And what do you see here? Israel and Pfizer are like this and they're building their marketing campaign. Remember they spent two to one on marketing. Israel's gonna be their poster child. Everyone tracking? Is it everyone tracking? Okay, right. What we have here is a marketing exercise, all right? And by the way, UAE has the same thing and UAE is very close to Pfizer too, which Jared Kushner was over there, kissy pooing UAE and Israel. And you can go look at that detail, okay? So I don't like this guy, Jared. I really don't, he really bugs me, okay? So here you go. So now having done that, so I did some research on Pfizer's revenue. Look at Pfizer's revenue. And let me bring you up the spreadsheet, how I did this, okay? Pfizer's revenue over the last 10 years has been tanking. Pfizer, the companies, remember I showed you Lipitor went down, but their overall revenue, and you can go look at it on any stock chart, has been going down. So let's go over there and look at, um, look at my spreadsheet here, okay? If everyone can see this. I think you guys can see this here, good. So I did a spreadsheet. A little bit of effort. Um, so this is Pfizer's revenue. Here are the years, 2011 to 2020. And here's Pfizer's revenue. Everyone good over here? Good. Instagram, you guys good? Okay. So what do you see here? Someone says, uh, yes, Jared is very sh shady. Agree with you. Yeah, he's more than shady. He's a scumbag. Okay. So what you see here is here is Pfizer's revenue. Here's the years and here's the revenue. They were at $65 billion right here. In 2011, look where they're at now. They're at 41 billion. They've lost $24 billion, all right? Pfizer has lost $24 billion. And remember what I mentioned to you, the CEO of Pfizer, he gets huge bonuses, hundreds of millions of dollars in bonuses when the stock price goes up. So their whole goal is you push out a product, you get it past phase one, phase two, phase three, your stock price goes up, everyone makes money. That's all they're interested in, guys. They don't give a damn if that product works or not. Whether Lipitor works or not, did it make it? Stock price goes up. Well, Pfizer's revenue has dropped by nearly $24 billion in 10 years. Forget the aliens, forget the reptiles, forget the bots, just, they may be true, just, Focus on this because this is how we're going to educate people. The reality is that this multi-billion dollar company lost $24 billion in 10 years, okay? That's like a 40% downgrade in revenue, 40%. 40% of 6 billion, right? So let's look at the graph here. Look at the graph right there. It's gone down massively. I mean, imagine if you had a business and you were making, you know, 100,000 revenue Right, and you're now making 40% less, you're down to 50, 60,000. That's a serious problem you got, okay? Pfizer's revenue has gone down from 65 billion down to 41 billion last year. 
they need new source of revenue. They're tanking. And if you just take that curve, what's going to happen in 10 years? They're going to be what, a $10 billion company? So what do you do? If your if you're, if you're pharmaceutical drugs aren't working, what do you need to do? What do you need to do? You need to find a new source of revenue. You need to do more marketing, right? What did our graph show before? What are these guys doing? They're doing marketing, marketing, marketing. So they need they need Israel as their marketing partner, right? At 60% job. So now I what the next thing I did was I said, okay, let me model the world and get an idea of what that 60% means. Remember, the title of this talk is why big pharma needs you, at least 60% of you. So let me show you the analysis. And by the way, I encourage everyone to do a little bit of math. I'll show this to you. And this is what you see. Okay, let's do the analysis here. Okay, so I created another sheet over here. Is it over here? Yeah, here it is. So how 60% gets pharma to 40? So let's just, here's the world population, okay? Here's the world population. Make sure everyone can see this, first of all. You guys seeing this? Good. Here's the world population, right? The world population is, let's say, 7.2 billion. Let's say the goal is to get 60% jabbed, okay? 60%. So the population, the world population jabbed will be what? 60% times 7.2 will be 4.32 billion people. By the way, the cost per jab is around $20 billion, okay? That's what the cost per jab is. That means the cost at retail, cost of one Pfizer jab, or let's, I mean, it could be a little bit higher, lower, about 20 bucks, which means if your government in India or your healthcare system is paying for the jab, they're paying 20 bucks. That's what they're purchasing it at, okay? That means, or that's what they're selling it at, let's say through some doctor's office, wherever. So typically what happens in retail, so if the retail guy is selling something at 20 bucks, okay? The manufacturer's cost is around 10 bucks, okay? It's typically 50% because of all the distribution, all those costs, okay? So really simple, again, simple math here, I'm trying to keep it as simple as possible here so everyone can track. So the population is 4.32 billion. That's what their goal is, right? 7.2 billion people. We want to jab 60%, which means 4.32 billion. The cost per jab is 20 bucks. $20 times 4.32 is $86 billion in revenue. Now, that is the actual you know, flow of money, but the end pharma company is only going to get 50% because that's the retail price. So that's $43 billion. This is in... 2021. So my analysis shows that that the pharma companies, all of them combined, just from jabbing, you know, jabbing revenue. Okay, you want to look at it that way. Okay, they're looking to make they're looking to make around 43 billion dollars. That's what my quick back of the envelope analysis shows. Everyone tracking? Okay, they want to make about 43 billion dollars. Um, they want to make about $43 billion um, in revenue. Now, is that true? So that means I'm taking looking at Pfizer, Moderna, um, uh, AstraZeneca, you know, all the people who are selling the jabs. My analysis shows that if they could get to 60%, you know, with all that, they're going to make around 40 billion. Okay, this year alone, just in one year. Okay. So what does that show? Let's go here. 
and look at another piece of data that I found very interestingly, okay? So uh, I, I was seeing if there any independent analysts had looked at uh, had looked at revenue predictions. And what do you find here? Let's look at this. It's quite fascinating. Look at this. This is done by Bernstein Research. What do they find? They're actually finding the same thing. They're saying the 2020, 20, oops, spell revenue long, sorry, but the 2021 revenue for pharma from COVID is expected to be around 40 billion. Pfizer will make around 15 billion alone. This is 2021. And they're projecting the next year's. Moderna will make, let's say around 13 billion. That's 28 billion. AstraZeneca is going to make about, uh, what is that? Uh, yes, uh, about, let's say uh, 28. Let's put another eight, right? So what, that's 36 billion, you know, um, uh, 41 billion, 46 billion. I'm pretty close, okay? So this is about 40 plus billion dollars right here. And this is from an independent researcher. So what you're finding is that they are looking to make 40 billion in one year. Remember, Pfizer's revenue is down to 41 billion. Pfizer's gonna increase their revenue, in my prediction, by 15 billion uh, alone, and, and, and is backed up by Bernstein Research. Israel is their marketing partner, and they'll have a couple of others. And that's why the blue line is their manipulable line. And what they want to do is they're going to convince everyone that we're not jabbing people enough. We got to jab more, more, more. We got to jab them left, right, everywhere, right? Upper jabs, lower cut jabs everywhere, okay? And the more we jab, that's when you're going to bring it down to zero. Everyone tracking? So Israel is the marketing partner of Pfizer in this exercise. They share data. And they're going to glorify Israel as, look at how good they are. They're, they're powerful. They're strong. They follow rules. Da, 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 da. We should all get behind that. But it's about the jab. It's about making $40 billion this year. That's what this is about. So what does that mean? That means they want to put a gun to every government's head. They're going to go to the Indian government and say, you got to get up to 60%, which means 600 million people need to be jabbed. And that and you can add it up. That's going to be whatever that number is, right? And so the Indian treasury is going to have to transfer that much money to big pharma. And that same money could have gone into India's infrastructure, India's real public health, India's schools, India's nutrition programs. Uh-uh. That wealth is going to be transferred to big pharma. That's what this is about. This is about wealth transfer away from what you need from our crumbling infrastructure. In Massachusetts, the infrastructure is an F minus minus. This is about taking money, which most governments don't even have, they're printing money, and giving it into the pockets of Big Pharma. Why? Because Big Pharma is tanking. That's what this is about. Follow the money, everyone. Follow the money. Please, stop getting distracted Forget Trump, forget Biden, forget the Patriot Party, forget all this nonsense. Yes, we had a good time. It was entertaining. But right now, working people throughout the world in this country, if you make $50,000, you should be making $120,000. And the reason we're in this situation is because the elites want to distract you. Okay? They want to distract you. Reptiles, you know, aliens.
Let's just look at the facts right in front of us. This has nothing to do with reptiles and aliens. This has to, they could, could, maybe they are reptiles and aliens for thinking like this, but the bottom line is you don't need to go there. We can get our fellow working people understanding the fact that they, their jabs are taking money away from them and their kids and putting it in the wallet of billionaires. And is this what you want to support? Let's make the economic argument here. Let's stop making, you know, the inane arguments that don't get us anywhere. Okay. We got to stop making economic arguments and the economic arguments are black and white. We don't need to go to left or right, Republican or Democrat. This is pretty simple. And, and the data does not lie. So anyway, this took a lot of effort for me to do this. And I want to thank Phil Evans, but I want you guys to get off your butts and I need you to support this movement. Become a truth, freedom and health warrior. You get a lot of stuff from us, but it's not from us. It's from you. Do it for you. So I can concentrate. I mean, all the contributions you give us, we're putting it into our infrastructure. We put it into our hardware, building our movement. This is a movement by the people, for the people. This is for you. We're not a political campaign like freaking Trump, who took 300 million, gave it to the RNC and gave it to God knows who else. Any one of you who gave money to Trump, give it to this, because this is the movement that's going to win, because it's your movement. So that's what we need to do. We need to build a bottoms up movement. So I hope you guys understand what's going on here. Okay. We need to build a bottoms up movement. We need to take a systems approach. We need to follow the money. Working people must unite. We must unite to build this bottoms up movement. Okay. And by the way, in, in closing, I want to let all of you know, go to vashiva.com. Become a truth, freedom and health warrior. It's a very tangible way. You get the science of systems. You then can build community with thousands of people all over the world. It's like other people are getting it who don't want to be screwed with anymore. And third, I want you to start doing activism on the ground on election uh, uh, integrity issues, on medical freedom. We have the actual plan. We have the actual things you can do to educate your fellow neighbors. Um, now, before I close, I do want to let everyone know, you know, a lot of my effort in this whole area, because in, 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 uh, in, in, in a lot of uh, respect to my grandmother and all those people, you know, I spent a lot of time creating a technology called Cytosolve. If you look at this technology I created, you know, I can take the human cell and mathematically model it on the computer. This was my PhD work. So we can take actual molecular pathways and convert them to models. And that's what Cytosolve is. And what Cytosolve is, it's a way that we can actually model diseases on the computers without killing animals, without going after and putting stuff in test tubes and wa wasting all that time. We can long before that, we can mathematically use the computer to model the complex molecular system in our body based on the known science. That's what Cytosolve is. That was my PhD work. So if email was the electronic version of the inner office mail system, Cytosolve is the electronic version of the molecular communication system. And the intention of this is we need to go beyond pharmaceutical drugs. By the way, just as we build airplanes today, you know, we don't just throw a pilot in, we do with the wing design on the computer. And then if it works, then we go to test flights. That's what Cytosolve allows us to do. Cytosolve allows us not only to check a single compound, we can test the functioning of foods in this product, combinations of things. Right, right now, the supplement industry is getting as bad 
as a vitamin industry. They're throwing all sorts of crap in, snake oil. They throw some celebrity. The celebrity will say, oh, this is good for you. This is good for your skin or this is good for that. You know, she doesn't know if the product works or he doesn't know. Meanwhile, they do go go Botox and plastic surgery, okay? The problem with the big vitamin industry and the big pharma is they don't really practice real science. What we're doing with Cytosol is we can literally look at all of the science, put it, bring it all together, and using the known science, organize all the data, bring it together, and then use Cytosol to mathematically model large-scale molecular pathways. And here's an example I've shared before. So in India or in traditional cultures, or even in your own kitchen, right, when you're mixing foods together. And the example I like to give is we know that turmeric, the Indian herb, lowers inflammation. It is profound for alleviating liver cancer, many cancers, curcumin, which is the active ingredient in the root or the rhizome called turmeric. We know that lowers inflammation. We also know from the Italian culture when they drink the red wine with the, the grapes, that has an ingredient in there called resveratrol. That too lowers inflammation. Now, if you go to Whole Foods or Amazon, you start looking at all these supplements, they're throwing some curcumin and they're throwing this in. And you say, well, how did you put this together? Oh, well, you know, just trust me. I read a paper here or there. Well, with Cytosol, what we're able to do without killing animals is we're literally able to mathematically simulate that on a computer. So here is, here is curcumin. The outer circle is a cell wall. The inner circle is a nuclear wall. And all these molecular reactions are what Cytosol is organized by putting together the literature and mathematically modeling. So that's curcumin. Same thing with resveratrol from red grapes. Then we can combine them without killing animals on the computer. So here in the far right column is a variable called a cytokine, which measures inflammation. So I am literally running a simulation on cytosol. No reason to kill animals, right? And with cytosol, what we're doing right here, as you can see, is we can literally simulate how much inflammation, and in this case, it's called a control. No curcumin, no resveratrol. Then I just give five units of curcumin. Look, the inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.05. In the next case, I give five units of resveratrol and it drops from 0.15 to 0.06, pretty good. But look at this case. In this case, I only give three amounts of curcumin, two units of resveratrol, overall five, but the dose, but the amount of inflammation drops from 0.06 to 0.03. That's nearly 200%, right? 50% drop in inflammation because I did combination. This is why food is medicine. Pharmaceutical companies know nothing about this. Most of the vitamin guys know not, they're just throwing crap together. They have one formulator, okay? And that's why in reverence to my grandmother, they used a whole system to figure out, they'd look at your face, they'd figure out what's right for you. So with Cytosol, we can do that. And for the last 15 years, we've been helping some very smart businesses who want to do this well. But over the last couple of years, I didn't want to wait for companies. So we, you know, as a part of our movement for Truth, Freedom and Health, we said, hey, why don't we start using Cytosol for our own people? So we used Cytosol in the last year, couple of years to look, to model all the molecular pathways of pain and inflammation from the known literature. And then we went through billions and trillions actually of um, uh, calculations. And we found a combination of, of natural ingredients coming from uh, natural products, right? 
that grow in nature, when you combine them together, you get an amazing power in reducing the symptoms of pain and discomfort. And that's MV25. And I wanted to make sure you guys knew about this. So we don't care about pharma. If they want to, if people want to go buy their stuff, but I don't want to wait for them. So MV25, you can get, it's Cytosol optimized. We call it MV for physics, mass times velocity, momentum. We want people to make sure they can move um, and overcome pain and discomfort. And what you'll see here is that when you read the back of the thing, when, when we say Cytosol optimized, what that means is this was formulated using the Cytosol computational systems biology platform, a technology that was created by Dr. Shiva at MIT for doctoral research. This formulation results from integrating thousands of peer reviewed papers across decades in 68 research institutions and computing trillions of potential combinations, not just reading one paper, to um, uh, calculate and discover the optimal synergy of compounds. Cytosol optimized means this formula has been optimized to maximize benefits and bioavailability while minimizing toxicity based on the current research. As the science advances, so will this formulation. This is a very powerful statement because look, pharma companies, they don't care about real science. They'll just fund some scientists and some institution to get the answer they want. What we know is that as the science changes, so should the formulation. So as the science changes, we will recompute. So it's really a very much more deliberate scientific approach to find truth, freedom, health. All right. And by the way, this is clean certified. Uh, it's GMP. It's made in the U.S. So I hope you guys go to vashiva.com to know more. You can go to the shop and you can find MV25 right there. But anyway, the problem is big pharma has big losses. And this is why what you've just seen is an economic systems analysis of how we look at it. It's a systems analysis. You guys need to get trained in systems. We are living in a world right now where at a very critical stage, those in power do not want what occurred in the 1900s to occur. They do not want us building a bottoms up movement. So over the last 50 years, they've been organizing really well. They got all their people watching all the data we do and what we're up to. They take, they understand the science of systems. And without that weapon, we won't be able to get to truth, freedom, and health. It doesn't matter how many good ideas we have, how good we feel, how much passion we have. We have to go back to the physics of building a movement. And that is what we've created here for you. And that is my gift to you. And I hope you do this for yourself. We must build a movement. And by the way, the goal is 50,000 people by the end of this year. We get 50,000 people on the ground who understand these concepts. It's game, set, match, meaning we're going to have... We're going to be able to change the curve and it's going to come through all of you getting educated or you will be enslaved. It's just the, uh, the reality. All right, everyone. There we go. Idaho garden stop watching TV and get up off your sofa, grow your own vegetables. You said it. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Shiva. Nicole Williams. Thank you. Much love to you too. Uh, Dr. Shiva's right. They've been organizing. Yes, exactly. They've been organizing for 50 years, okay? Because what happened in this country was the union sold out the working people. We stopped protesting in the streets. We started building a bottoms-up movement. So anyway, I hope this is valuable, everyone. So in summary, you got to understand, big pharma is tanking. They're suffering big losses. Why? 
because their entire model of using synthetic drugs is failing, but they're also afraid, all of you and people like me, as someone just said, we're doing our own gardens, we're learning how to eat right, we're eating organic foods, so we don't need, we're learning about prevention, okay? So as that movement grows, pharma is tanking. So they have had to uh, do this uh, marketing campaign, okay? And what I just shared with you is, from the data, Israel is one of their chief, mar I mean, it's, it's, it's in black and white, their marketing partner to show that we 60% of you need to be jabbed. And that's the number they're going to go at. That's their sales target. They're about to sell you, okay? They're selling, selling, selling. If you ever watch that movie, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing, ABC. Their ABC is they're going to use Israel and a couple of countries to say, you know what? You're not jabbing enough. You got to get up to 60%. 60% times 7.2 billion, cha-ching, right? 4 billion people, 4 billion people, $20 a jab, 80 billion. Half of that will go to them as their top line revenue. Their revenue goes up. Everyone's happy. Stock price goes up. CEO walks away with $100 million. That's $100 million or billions of dollars that should have gone into public infrastructure that's going into pharma's pocket. That's what's going on. Wake up. Let's build this movement. Thank you. Be well. Be the light.